Welcome to Living by Faith. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell. I'm so happy, excited, grateful to be here. Every time I come to you, my prayer is that you'll be encouraged to take God at His Word and apply your faith to everyday life. That's my hope. That's my prayer. It's tough to apply His Word if you are not in His Word. And I'm going to say that again because I think it's really important for us to hear and understand. It is really tough to apply God's Word if you are not in God's Word. That means if you're not opening His Bible and reading His Word. So my question for you today is, what is keeping you from reading God's word. Maybe it's the busyness of life. Busy is understand. I mean, I understand our lives are so full, so full of stuff. We're about to start school over here where I am and everything's ramped up. There's always so much to do. So here's a little tip because I, my heart and hope is that you can read God's word and apply it to your life. I'd like to give you a tip, something that I do I try scheduling a time to be in his word. I've found that if I'm not intentional, it won't happen. So I have to be really thoughtful, really intentional in order to get into God's word. We don't come to God's word out of fear or guilt. We do not come to God's word out of fear or guilt. We want to come to his word to know God and to enjoy him. We will get to enjoy God for eternity, for eternity. What a blessing. So why not start now? Today's guest will help us do just that. Kat Armstrong is, she's a sought after Bible teacher and innovative ministry leader. She holds a master's degree from Dallas Theological Seminary and is the author of No More Holding Back, The In-Between Place, and a six-book Bible study series, The Storyline Bible Studies. In 2008, she co-founded the Polish Network to embolden women in their faith and work. She and her husband, Aaron, have been married for 21 years and live in Dallas um, with their son, Caleb. Here's some good news for you. I have some copies of her books and I'd love to give them away. Here, She is, um, you know, she's has six of them, but we have two um, that saints and sinners from the storyline Bible study series. Here's all you need to do. Call us at 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. You may also email us at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. That's livingbyfaith at moody.edu. You can ask us a question or tell us what you are learning in the scriptures. So call us at 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. We want to give you copies of her Bible study. So I am so excited to have you on the show, Kat. How are you doing? 
I'm so good. Good morning. It's like the best way to start a weekend. I know. That's what we hope. <laughs> we hope it's a bright start to everyone's morning. Now, you and I met at a conference in Texas some 100 years ago. I, it feels like it was a very... <laughs> long time ago. And I remember thinking that you were one of the kindest and most genuine people. It was just, I, I remember you and just remember that um, characteristic, just kindness and genuineness. You were very welcoming and loving and kind to me. So thank you for that. So have you always lived in the Dallas area? Well, we've been here for 20 years, but I'm originally from Houston or H-Town for the people that know what's up. Um, I'm from, uh, a <laughs> yeah, I'm a true Houstonian born and That's raised, great. but we came here, um, to go to seminary, you know, and for the people who don't know, Houston is home, you know, to Beyonce and Kenny Rogers. So I'm okay. real proud <laughs> of being from Houston. I, I am a Dallasite currently. Um, but we have lived here for 20 years, ever since we graduated from Texas A&M and we moved here knowing we wanted to go to seminary. That's so great. Okay. I love to hear testimonies. So before we dive into the word, you had to start somewhere and it's by knowing Jesus. So can you tell us your testimony? Absolutely. I'm thrilled you're asking this. I love telling this story because God's providence blows me away um, that he wants to have a relationship with us and that he, he connects with us and works through circumstances. It's just mind blowing. I was 16 years old and I was going to a Christian private high school, but I didn't have a relationship with Jesus and my parents didn't either. I think they were sending me there um, because they wanted me to gain some ethical morals and they wanted me to be a good person and they wanted me to have a good education. And hmm. But I started going to chapel, hearing the gospel. And then I had a very involved choir teacher and cheerleading coach. Those were the two things I really liked doing. So I yeah. connected with both of my coaches and my teachers and both of them. I think they teamed up. They were probably <laughs> prayer partners or something and oh. pulled me aside at different points in my junior year in high school and said, Kat, we see that you're really ambitious. I mean, you, you really have a knack for setting a goal and going and getting it. But we want you to know on the other side of life that there's something called grace, that it's it's something you don't have to earn. It's definitely not something you deserve, but it's something you can you can enjoy when you're in a relationship with Jesus. And it sounded like the best thing I'd ever heard, mm. that my acceptance, that my worth, my value, my identity could be grounded in something other than something I produce, I do, a goal I meet. And <clears throat> sorry, I get choked up even now. You know, it's been 30 oh, years. I love it. But they shared the gospel with me and I placed my faith in Christ. I was alone in my room. I had my Bible open and I sensed the Spirit's presence in a powerful way that's hard to describe. Um, but people listening will understand what I'm saying. It just was an undeniable presence of Jesus. And I told Jesus, I, you can have everything. I just want I want to follow you. I want to know you. And I remember going to my youth pastor at the time at Houston's First Baptist Church. His name was John Durham. He's still a pastor. Mm. He's amazing. And I went to him and I said, look, John, I love Jesus now. I don't know the difference between Abraham or Moses. I know nothing about the yes. Bible. And I said, and I'm also not any fun. Like, I don't want to do skits. <laughs> I don't want to go to camp. I don't want to play no games. 
I want to like, is there a class or something that I could go to, to just learn? And how old were you? How old were you? I was, I was 16. I was 16. 16. Okay. So this is all still the same year. Okay. Yeah. And I was just about to turn 17 that year. It was at the end of the, the year. And I remember talking to John and just saying, look, I don't know that I'm youth group material, but I would love to learn more about Jesus. And he said, you know, we've got an adult Sunday school class here. It's taught by a really Southern lady with really mm-hmm. Southern hair, but she goes line by line through the scriptures and she has these handouts with fill in the blanks and she cites all of her theological sources at the bottom. And I was like, that's it. Where do I go for that? So I started sneaking into a Sunday school class called Water's Edge and it was taught by Beth Moore. Oh. So I, she was my Sunday school teacher from 1997 to 1999. And I was, I think the only student, at, there were 600 adults in that Sunday school class. And I would just slip in the back. I had no idea that she had a reputation outside of the walls of Houston's First Baptist Church. She was just the like aerobic instructor that <laughs> loved teaching the Bible on Sunday mornings in the Sunday school. And Trillia, I started saving the handouts every week, hole punching them, putting them in a binder, studying them every week, going to a Lifeway bookstore, buying all the books she was referencing, having no idea what I was reading. And by the end of high school, I went and talked to her and just said, um, you know, I'm moving to college station for college. And I'm, how do I keep my studies up? What do I do? I have this insatiable passion now for God's word. And she said, you should go to seminary. And I said, where is that? I thought it was a place. (laughs) So she said, no, no, seminary's graduate school for the Bible. And truly I was like, done done and done. We're going to do that. (laughs) That is so fascinating because she did not go to seminary. And Mm -hmm. so that's just really, it's really fascinating that she encouraged you to, and you did, and you went to seminary. So you, but you started out with under, with an undergrad degree. Is that correct? Like you went to college station doesn't mean anything to me. So what is, where was that? Trillia, (laughs) that is so, that hurts my heart. I'm sorry. It hurts my heart. (laughs) <laughs> Y'all, come on now. Let's pray for Sister Trillia. Um, the Shekinah glory of God shines down upon Texas A&M in Texas, Bryan College I knew Station. It. I knew it. Yes, yes. So I, I was in College Station for four years. I got a marketing yes. degree from A&M. And okay. I met my husband my freshman year at A&M. And oh, very good. Yeah. I mean, funny story. We nerded out together on Bible stuff, and I knew yeah. I wanted to marry him. And we got married before I was even done with my undergraduate degree. And then we, we knew we were on purpose moving to Dallas to start at Dallas Theological Seminary. And so we did yeah. that together. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay. Gig'em, right? Yeah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm yes. just trying to restore <laughs> my cred, my Texas cred, because I couldn't remember where it was, but I have so many Texas A&M friends and I do know Gigum and the, like the thumbs up stuff. I get it. Okay. <laughs> you are so, a blessed woman. <laughs> <laughs> you Texas people crack me up. I'm a Tennessean. So, so, um, okay. So I love though, that when you became a Christian at the age of 16, you wanted to dive deep into God's word. You were like, I don't know anything. Lead me to the truth. I need to know God's word. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We want to help people dig into his word. And I also love that that 
was the beginning and you continue to do it. Uh, you continue to dive in. And I can say, and you, you tell me if I'm wrong, <laughs> you don't know everything. You're still learning. Is that accurate? <laughs> Yeah, not only is that accurate, Trillia, every time I learn something new, I recognize how little I'd known before. And it also feels like when you learn new things, there's just more, it's more expansive. You're like, oh, Absolutely. A whole new world is opened up to me by this one paragraph in a commentary. And so now I have a renewed curiosity for the story or, so I think that the more advanced degrees, it just, yeah, opens up your world. Absolutely, it does. Hey. We want to hear from you. So when we return, we're going to receive some calls. Until then, we're going to see you in a sec. Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillian Newbell. I am talking with Kat Armstrong. And I'm curious, Kat, you mentioned that your life mission is to encourage curious Christians to explore Bible stories and spark holy curiosity. What is holy curiosity? Yeah, holy curiosity is when you find something in the scripture and you go, huh? What? (laughs) What is this? Or to say, I've got to learn more about this, or I don't understand why this is so interesting to me. And if you've ever heard a friend um, nerd out on something in the Bible, and you're just kind of blinking going, I really don't know anything about that widow in the Bible and that first Kings passage. (laughs) It seems like you're really excited about it. It's that's holy curiosity. When you sense Mm. the spirit, just giving you the capacity and the eagerness to go to God's word and to to search something out or holy curiosity is when you have a rabbit trail, you have your reading plan, you finish it. And then all of a sudden you think, I want to read more. I Mm. can't get enough of this story. And this was really, most of the things in my life are inspired by my son, Caleb, who was eight years old at the time when I formalized this mission statement, but he had just gotten into baseball cards Mm. and I could not get him to do math homework, Trillia. And third and fourth grade math really confused me too. So we would come home and I'd be like, buddy, we've got to work on your math stuff. And it was hard for us both to get into it. But then he got into baseball cards and all of a sudden he could do math really well when it came to buying and selling cards and saving enough money to buy them. He developed this curiosity that it it wasn't like a, I gotta do my math homework. It was, ooh, I could buy a baseball card if I had $2 and more 25 cents and I could sell this one for, this is what the magazine says it's worth. And I realized that when we have curiosity about something, we don't have to motivate ourselves to learn about it. It just comes from a place of desire and longing. And that's what I hope people have when they go to the scriptures, a holy curiosity, not what you said at the top of the show, which is, um, oh, I got to do this. You know, yeah. I got to read my Bible. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I, I never, I, gosh, I hope that when people come to the word, they come because they are, they're curious. They want to know God. They want a relationship with God, but we never want to come with guilt. And so when you think of holy curiosity, 
is there anything that you've been curious about or is something lately that's you're, you're like, well, now what is that? I, I need to go and dig a little deeper. Yeah. I mean, I was on a vacation with my family to Broken Bow, Oklahoma. And I remember the boys packing up their fishing gear and a BB gun and all their little boots to go out in the woods and all this stuff. And I said, I want to bring this one book by Jonathan Pennington. It's on the Sermon on the Mount. I'm so into this book. I keep underlining everything and I want to check it out while we're on vacation. That's all I want to do. I want to drink my little tea. I want to watch the sunrise. I want to read this book. And when we arrived, Trillia, I opened up and there's one sentence in Jonathan Pennington's book. And it just said, there are a lot of mountains in the book of Matthew. Yeah. That's it. That's all. And he (laughs) listed a couple of them. He said, Jesus was tempted on a mountain. Jesus is transfigured on a mountain. Jesus preaches his most famous sermon on a mountain. Jesus feeds 5,000 people on a mountain. And Jesus commissions his disciples on a mountain. And I remember putting the book down and going, what? That is, I've never heard that. That is interesting. So I go over to my Logos Bible app and I search the word mountains and do, 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 do. I mean, hundreds of mentions. Then all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, Mount Sinai. Whoa. And then I think, oh my goodness, Trillia and I are going to be together in the new heaven and the new earth on Mount Sion. Wait a minute. There are mountains all over the scriptures and I've never thought twice about them. And Trillia, I spent the next six months of my life, instead of doing some other devotional material, just looking up the mentions of mountains in the scriptures. And that is holy curiosity. That's when you can't shake something interesting. And I think a lot of Christians, Trillia, they need permission. They need permission to get curious because they do that with other things online. They do it when they get into a show. Like we get into a show and we're like, wait, who's the main actor? Ooh, have they been in anything else? Ooh, I want to check their Instagram account. And we, we have the permission to delight in God's word that way and ask it a bunch of questions. Why? How? And that, I think that really is holy curiosity. Okay. So oddly, (laughs) I just had a whole conversation and I think it was with my son. I cannot remember who it was, but he said, I believe it was my son. He said, oh, there's a lot of mountains in the scripture. And and we had the same conversation. It's so interesting to me. But yes, there is something that is delightful about asking questions and getting curious and asking the what, when, where, how. And we should. We really should. If we want to dig deep and really learn how to interpret the scriptures, we should be asking those questions. And so here's the good news for you who are listening. I have some copies of her Bible study, Saints and Sinners, from the Storyline Bible Study series. I'd love to give some away. Call us at 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. You may also email us at livingbyfaith at moody.edu. When you call us, I'd love to hear something you're learning. You can ask us a question or tell us what you are curious about in God's word. And we have a caller on, Bridget. I'd love to hear from you, Bridget. Well, good morning, ladies. Um, I thank you all so much for the opportunity. Um, it's really just God's um, providence and um sovereignty, even being able to hear and be on this call. Um, Mm. But the exciting thing for me is I am truly excited to be um, 
learning just to learn more about God's word. And honestly, I can really say that I'm sensing a delight in that. And I'm so excited um, about it. Um, and learning the ultimate part is that God is who he say he is. He's the God of truth. He's the God of his word. And I'm just excited to see what he's about to do. Um, and it's, once again, it's just so amazing to hear, to be on um, this call, hearing what the testimony is, as well as the host. Um, so I'm thankful. Mm. So thank you all for the opportunity. Thank you, Bridget. You are in the Birmingham area of Alabama, and we are excited to give you a copy of her Bible studies. So make sure we'll get your address and we will send that on to you. It, I love that she was excited to discover that God is the God of his word. He's he's it's he's true. And and that is that I think is one of the um, delights in reading his word. You're going to see his character, and he is true to his word. He is, he can't change, and he's he's a covenant God. He keeps his promises. So it's an encouraging thing to get into his word and then to see it um, in your own life. I have seen the faithfulness of God. Um, I have seen the loving kindness of God and experienced it yeah. in my own life. And so I'd love to hear for more of you, give us a call. Call us at 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. Tell us what you're learning or what are you curious about? We've been talking about holy curiosity. I have a curious faith, but there's so much that seems like a mystery to me. And I'm fine with sitting in that tension. My daughter always asks really specific questions, uh, things like, why did God create Satan if he knew he would fall? So he's, she is a curious thinker, has a lot of questions, and we have great conversations. And what do you, how do you encourage people to sit in that tension? Mm -hmm. Well, your daughter sounds brilliant. She sounds like a she philosopher. <laughs> I love that, Trillia. Way to go. Uh, if she's listening right now, that's a really great philosophical question that many of us have struggled with for thousands of years in the yes. church. Uh, it's a really great question. You know, I think the way that we cultivate holy curiosity and that we stay curious is we have to ask in prayer that we would be given mm. that curiosity. It's just like anything else in life. When you need your desires to shift and to change, we start praying, God, you know, mm. make me the kind of mom who's more patient and not quick to snap. You know, when we want our behavior to change or something in our brain to rewire, there are so many things we can do, but one is, for a sure thing is to pray. God can, you know, give me curiosity that I don't have. Give me the capacity to ask more questions. Grab my attention. Hold mm. my attention when I'm reading. These are some of the prayers that I pray almost every day. Um, yeah. You know, don't let me lose the wonder and yes. the vibrancy of connecting with you. And so, I mean, I know that sounds really trite, Trillia, but that truly is my answer. It's been a prayer request. And now, because this is my mission in life, that's all I pray every day. And over these Bible studies that everyone who opens them in the name of Jesus and the power of the Spirit, that yeah. holy curiosity would spark. Because once you have that ignited in your soul, you don't need all these helps and resources to guide you through the scriptures. You, the spirit, 
your curiosity that motivates you. And before you know it, you're on a rabbit trail and you're so involved in the story and your attention, your attention span grows for God's word. And so I think prayer is huge. Um, I also think, you know, the resource that you created um, last year, Trillia, 52 Weeks in the Word. Wow. (laughs) I mean, it's resources like that that make the scripture accessible and even the beauty of that book can spark holy curiosity. The way you organize the devotional, that can spark holy curiosity. And so pray. And then I would say also get some resources in your life that are beautiful to look at and easy to pick up and accessible to read so that you can you can get those wheels turning. Because I think a lot of us, Trillia, think, okay, if I'm going to get curious, I need to go buy a Greek commentary. Yes. <laughs> and on the book of Leviticus, you know, and start in verse one. And I would say... You'll do the low-hanging fruit. That's how people Mm. get into something. When you get into something, it happens by just a little spark. You watch a show and you think football's awesome, and then you want to play football. And then you play – you know, it just kind of snowballs from there. Mm, I love that. Yes, low-hanging fruit, using guides and and encouraging encouraging Bible studies, stuff that will help you get into God's – word, but then so that you can read it for yourself, which is the goal of Bible studies and um, resources like 52 Weeks in the Word. Thank you for mentioning That's very kind of you. Um, But that's the goal is that we want to help you read God's word for yourself. You're listening to Kat Armstrong on Living by Faith with Trillian Newbell. More when we come back. Welcome back to Living by Faith with Trillia Nouvelle. We've been talking to Kat Armstrong about a curious faith. And I have some copies of her Bible study, Saints and Sinners, from the Storyline Bible Study series that I would love to give away. Call us at 877-548-3675 or 877-LIVE-675. You may also email us at livingbyfaith at Moody. Dot edu. We're going to go to the lines. We've got Madeline from Crown Point, Indiana. Go ahead, Madeline. I believe we have Madeline from Crown Point, Indiana. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, our church is going through the Psalms this summer. And so on July 17th, the day of my first cataract surgery, um, I looked at Psalm 17, and God so encouraged me because I knew that I would not have good vision for a while. Only one eye is going to be fixed at a time, two weeks apart. So I'm still in the middle middle of time right now. I'm not seeing coordinated. But anyway, in Psalm 17, keep me as the apple of your eye. Hmm. And another verse, in righteousness, I will see your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. 
So the Lord was encouraging me I would be fine and be able to see coordinated again and see him through all this journey I'm on right now. (laughs) Mm, I love it. And I love how the beginning of this psalm starts. Hear me, Lord, my plea is just listen to my cry. And, you know, at the beginning of this, um, Kat started out with encouraging us to pray. And it sounds like you, Madeline, have been listening to the word, crying out to the Lord in prayer, and the Lord has given you some encouragement. We are so grateful for your call, and we will get you some copies of those Bible studies, and we will pray that your surgery goes very well. Thank you so much. Thank you. We also have Catherine on the line from Indianapolis. Catherine, what's on your mind? Good morning, ladies. Thank you both so much for your program this morning. I told the screener that um, I I think we all go through periods of really fertile times in our walk with Jesus, and then we go through dry bone times. And um, I I have been going through a dry bone time, and um, I firmly believe, and Scripture says, and his word does not return void, that he gives us what we need when we need it. And your program this morning was definitely, my spirit was going, yes, yes. (laughs) So I just want to thank you both so very, very much for your program this morning. Mm. Catherine, that um, builds my faith and brings me to tears thinking that we could encourage you during a trot a dry season. And Kat, I'd love to hear, have you ever had a dry season and what encouraged you? Thank you for your call, Catherine. Yes, Catherine, Madeline, Bridget, it is just so good to hear your voices and to know you're out there listening. Um, Well, Trillia, I'm trying not to laugh into the microphone and and wreck the sound. Yes, I've had many, many um, dry bone moments. And interestingly yeah. enough, in the Storyline Project, one of my Bible studies is on valleys. And valleys in the scripture have um, a symbolic uh, nature to them. A lot of faith battles are fate in, uh, fought in valleys. So you've got um, Caleb and Joshua scouting out the promised land and finding the giants in that valley of Eskol. You've got Deborah and Jael defeating the giants in their valley story. You've got the valley of shadow of death in Psalm 23. And then finally, you have the valley of dry bones in Ezekiel 37. And what I found fascinating is that these low places in our faith history really represent what we go through as Christians. We have highs and we have really low lows. And yes, I've been through some really um, low valley seasons where I have felt the Valley of Dry Bones is my story. Whether it was my father's tragic um, death by suicide five years ago, or Mm. just, you know, walking through the inevitable pains and hardships of full-time ministry for 20 years, or Um, just learning to juggle, being a working mom and feeling that mom guilt on repeat every day. You know, those things really bring you to your knees. And what I would say, Trillia, is that some of these low points in our life, they feel like death. They feel like the valley of dry bones. But the truth is that story ends in resurrection. And Mm. there's no valleys mentioned in the New Testament except for one, the Valley of Kidron. And Jesus walks through it on the way to the cross. And I think it symbolizes that 
we're not going to have any more valleys in the new heaven and the new earth. He walked through the last one for us. And so I would just say those dry bone moments, they feel like an eternity, but they're actually momentary. And what's coming next is resurrection. Oh, that's so encouraging and builds my faith. We have Clara in Chicago, and I would love to hear from you, Clara. Hi, how are you? Doing well, thank you. Hello? What's on your mind? Can you hear us? Hi, I'm just trying to, give me a second, I think it's something wrong here. <laughs> I'm just trying to, I hear her passion for her curiosity for the Bible. I've been all my life in in the, I grew up in a Christian family and everything, Puerto Rico and here, and I just, pick up the Bible and sometimes I want to do the same thing and it's like I get sidetracked and I just wondering how she did it and then she mentioned Bible study so I was wondering if I could I'm able to get one. So you're uh, you're wanting the uh, Bible study just to get some help is that what you just said? I just want to make sure. Yeah, plus I was hearing what she said, you know, her curiosity, yeah. and, and she wanted, you know, the Bible study will help. And, and, and like I said, I've been raised in a Christian family back in Puerto Rico. My grandma read the Bible to us, but I yeah. read the Bible sometimes, and I started reading Genesis, and it's so long, and I get so sidetracked, and I'm like, okay, yeah. I, I, I want to do this. I want to do this. Where do I start? How do I do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, we will get you the study. And so stay on the line so we can get your address. But do you have any tips for getting through Genesis, Kat? Because I just I've been reading through the scriptures. I have some thoughts. I'd love to hear yours. Well, I'm a huge, huge, I mean, they need to start paying me, Trillia, you know, like how, how do I sign up to be an affiliate person? (laughs) The Bible project is my jam. And that doesn't mean I agree with every single thing on the show, but my goodness, you know, I would just recommend Clara, if you have access to a podcast or you can listen online, I would listen to the Bible project. They go through the book of Genesis and it's riveting. They also have a series called, um, how to read the Bible. And uh, it's a seven or eight part series that I have found super helpful. Even though I've been studying the Bible for over 20 years, it has been my favorite resource of how to really go to God's word. And you can listen to it while you're on the walk, while you're in the car. And then my last tip when it comes to Genesis is to think of it like a novella. Think of it Ah, like a great Emmy award winning drama series on TV. We tend to read the scripture and whitewash it like, oh, you know, it's just trying to give us some propositional truth when it's it does. And also it's a riveting story. And the drama in Genesis is crazy. I mean, all of the- um, It is crazy. (laughs) I mean, the family interpersonal situations. I mean, if I think, imagine it being a TV show. What kind of show would it be? It would be very suspenseful, very drama filled. And that may be able to get you into the story a little bit. Mm, I love that. Yes. We were going to be talking about the literary aspects and maybe we'll get to it. But these calls have been so encouraging and helpful, helping us think through, Okay, 
how do we get in God's word? What what can keep us in God's word when we are there? We have more with Cat Armstrong when we return. Welcome to Living by Faith with Trillian Newbell. We have been talking with Bible teacher Kat Armstrong about getting into God's Word and how to understand it. We've also been taking some wonderful calls, and so I want to straight away get to this last final call, Catherine, in Allentown, Pennsylvania. Hello? Yes. Can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Hi, my name is Katharina. Listen, I listen to your radio station for a very, very long time, and I just love it. I love mm. it so much because especially when I cannot get to church, um, you're such an, up, an uplifting. Um, I just love it. And I'm listening to um, Kat um, and um, what she's talking about with her book and everything and the, the mountains. And it just like struck me because when I walk around and I walk with my dogs and that I look at the mountains, I look everything around around me and what the wonderful thing that the Lord has given us, such beauty and, and, and such peace. And he's been with me since I was seven years old. I learned about him. And I I just love everything that, that there is to know about him. And when I'm in need, and when I lost my husband and son, he was there mm. beside me. He walked beside me, and and I just love him with all my heart. Mm. And I want you know I try to learn as much as I can, and I would love to learn more. And you know, I I don't know how to put it into words, but I just love the Lord so much and I want to get to know more and more and more uh, um about him and, and um and uh, the scriptures and everything. I I love to learn how to really understand the scriptures better. Um I do try the best I can but I that listening to Kat I really um like what as she was saying about the Bible study and about learning more and getting into knowing the Lord even more deeper. Mm. I um I love to hear your heart, Katarina, and how you do. I mean, it's just pouring out of you that you mm-hmm. see him um in on your walks, that you've experienced him. It sounds like he's drawn near to you in your brokenheartedness. Do you have any encouragement for her, Kate? Kat? Yeah, Katarina, I just would say, you know, when I wrote the Mountains Bible study, it, this is what I'm hearing from the readers mm. that they have a mountain story. I mean, I've heard from my friends that I didn't know Matt climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. I, I heard from a, a scholar, a Bible scholar that said, I used to live by a mountain. We all have those stories where we're at the top of the mountain or near one and we can see the peak and we know the air is thin there and we feel close to God at these high points in our life. And in God's literary genius, he placed these stories in the Bible on mountaintops, these mountaintop experiences where we have this special engagement with his presence or or special revelation is given to his people. And I think it mirrors our experience that we have highs and we have lows in our spiritual life. And we need to see the mountains and be reminded that a high point is coming. 
And so that's what, that's what I would say. Mm, thank you for that. Thank you for your call, Katerina. We stay on the line so we can get your address and send you a copy. And our heart and our desire is that you could know him more. And that's our heart and desire for our own lives, that we would know him more. Although um, Nicole and Gary were not, um, they emailed us, so they did not call in. We will make sure to contact you as well so that we can get you a copy of some books here. Um, We've been talking about a curious faith, but you also mentioned that the Bible is a literary masterpiece. Most people don't think of the Bible in terms of literary, as in literature. So help us understand what you mean. Sure. You know, Trillia, my 10-year-old son, Caleb, has helped me so much in my Bible reading because as a child, he is closer to storytelling than I am. Um, and he sees things in stories that that don't pop out to me. And so when we read the Bible together, he's really helped me see the Bible as literature. He's the one who can see there's a bunch of mountains in this story or there's a bunch of valleys here. Um, but when I say the Bible is a literary masterpiece, I light up. You know, I mean, this Mm. is my soapbox. This is what I want to talk about all day, every day. Many of us come to the Bible like an instruction manual from Ikea. It's like we just, we got to read this. We got to put our lives together. It'll be relatively painless if we can just get through the instructions. Mm. And then we'll build a life that's steady and sturdy. And I get that because Trillia, you and I know God's word is alive. And of course it is an instruction to us. Um, it even tells us that, that it, it's, it's perfect living and active. to yeah. living and active and that it's going to instruct us in godly living. So that part is true. I think a lot of us also come to the scriptures um, because we feel like we have to, but I, I want people to know that the Bible is um, a divinely inspired manuscripts written over 1500 years by over 40 different authors it makes 66 different books but it really just tells one big story a story of god's love for you and for me and here's how the story goes god god made something good we messed it up jesus makes it right and one day god will make all things new and that is literally that's what's happening from genesis to revelation and we if we know that that story is going on behind all the stories we can put it together as one cohesive unified narrative but beyond that i would just say that god's artistic brilliance is insane like it's mind-blowing when you start to see he chose a mountain for mount sinai and then he chose a mountain for jesus's sermon on the mount intentionally or when it comes to sinners and saints in the new testament he intentionally chose archetypes or character types to grab our attention and to help us connect the dots and the best way i can describe this is if you get really into a franchise so if you're into the marvel movies or you're into Star Wars, you watch Star Wars, you get to episode seven or eight, they start to incorporate images, words, characters, themes that you watched in episode one, two, and three. And you go, wait, that is a flashback. That's a throwback. That's a connection Mm. to a different, you know, different part of this movie franchise. You get so involved in the story that you go into this new world. That's the Bible. The Bible is making connections all over the place from the Old and the New Testament. And that is literary genius. God is just such an amazing storyteller. And here's what I would say, Trillia, about the Bible being a literary masterpiece. God wastes no person 
no place and no thing. So even when we read about the Valley of Eskol and we think, I can't spell it, barely can pronounce it, have no idea where it is, sounds ancient, totally irrelevant to my life. God intentionally chose that location for that story and we should pay attention. Furthermore, if it says that Jesus was hung on a tree, we should pay attention to that word tree. And notice that trees go all the way through scripture. There's trees in Genesis in the Garden of Eden, and then the tree of life shows up again in Revelation. So he wastes no person, place, or thing. And he's actually weaving all these things together to make this beautiful story. Mm. But most of us drill into the scriptures looking at a verse, a chapter, or a book. And I love that way of studying scripture. I do it every day. But I also want people to step back, zoom out, and remember that in its, in, in its entirety, it's also a story. I absolutely, I love that. And I almost said, I wish I had it on record, but I do. We can play <laughs> this back because <laughs> that was just so, that was so encouraging. And, and in many ways, it was simple. How you explained the storyline of the scriptures was very simple just now. And I think that that could be a helpful way for people to dive into God's word. We didn't even talk about the genre. There's poetry in there and history and all mm -hmm. sorts of all sorts of literary elements to the text. And so it's 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 so encouraging. We oh, are at the end of the road of our conversation, but it has been so encouraging and refreshing. And and so give us one tip, one tip that they can do right now in order to get into God's word. Yeah, I would say wherever you are in the scriptures, look for a person, place, or thing that seems out of place. Highlight it and then use the next couple Bible readings when you're in the scriptures and look for that same person, place, or thing. And if you buy, use any Bible resources, apps, or you can search online, you might just take that person, place, or thing and plug it into a Google search and see when it shows up next in the Bible and then hop on over there and then start to see the connections. And Trillia, that's really what I did in the Storyline series. Whether people are using mountains, valleys, sticks, stones, sinners, or saints, any of those six books, that's what I do. I follow a person, a place, or a thing all the way through the scriptures. Oh, I absolutely love it. Well, I'd like to thank my guest, Kat Armstrong, for joining me today. Also, thanks for the behind the scenes team at Moody Radio, my producer, Karen Hendren, my engineer, Courtney Young, and Lynn on the phones. Tune in next week. We'll be talking with Jamie Ivey of the Happy Hour podcast about launching kids. To hear today's program again, you'll find it at livingbyfaithradio.org or on the Moody Radio app. You may also connect with us through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Living by Faith. Living by Faith is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute. Thank you.